Exploring the Prophetic is a conversation-based podcast that we want to invite you on this journey into people's lives in every sphere of society where they're sharing how they've heard God and what's happened as a result. I want to encourage you to come join the conversation. And this season, season three, we're specifically focusing on how when God speaks, there's breakthrough actions that happen that would have never happened if it wasn't for hearing from God in the first place. Before and after moments, what would take 20 years is happening in a second because beautiful believers are obeying the voice of God. Come join the conversation. Come join the narrative. God is speaking to you today. One of my favorite things to do is to talk to prophets because they're so unique and their encounters are so huge. And James Gall was one of the prophets of our generation that I've had the privilege of being around many, many times in my lifetime. And he has so many incredible actual encounters with angels, with Jesus, with uh, all kinds of the feeling sensory realm and, and also the spiritual seeing realm. He wrote a book. It's a best-selling book called The Seer. He leads God Encounters Network. And he's doing so many things. He's an encyclopedia for the prophetic in a real way. So you're going to want to hear his materials. But I want to talk to him and just have a candid, hopefully fireside chat with him about his prophetic journey, his life, some of the backstories you don't get to hear unless you know what questions to ask if you're friends. And so hopefully I'll be able to draw a lot of those out of him. But I want to encourage you to listen because James has almost died, I think, over four times from cancer and from different things that have hit his body. And he stayed alive for people like you and I to hear incredible stories of what God's capable of, but also what God wants to do for us. He's a prolific teacher, but his life is also a prophetic journey that teaches just from the things he's experienced in life are like parallels for the body of Christ to learn from, which is so profound. So let's listen to James Gall together right after this message. Breakthrough has become such a buzzword, and I want to take it out of being a buzzword and understand it's one of the names, one of the ways that God presents himself to the world, that he's the God who breaks through. So I wrote this book, Breakthrough. It's going to give you just a little teaching, but really it's about prophecies, prayers, and decoration over 12 areas of your life. So family, health, mental health, relational turmoil, business, finances, transition, warfare, all these different areas. And you're going to be able to apply a prophecy, a prayer, and a declaration over each area. And this book is a powerful prayer book, a powerful declaration book. We'll have prophecies that aren't fortune cookie prophecies, but are really specific based on the Word of God for your life right now and based on words that God gave me for you. And I believe that you're going to love this book. We've already had incredible feedback. It's hit the top charts in Christianity. And so we've been able to hear a lot of people's immediate responses, unlike other books we've done, where it takes a while to hear how has this affected you. People are saying, I read this chapter and applied it immediately and heaven showed up. Breakthrough came, which is Jesus Christ himself. So I'm going to encourage you, get this book. It's everywhere books can be sold. You can get it from our website as well, bullsministries.com. But this is going to be a book you treasure and that you read over your family and your friends and you have a powerful encounter with God. I have on the podcast today, dear friend James Gall. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, great, and it's great to be with you. I, I I'm so glad. Yeah, I mean, I just think of you, and I think of how you've created out of your life experience, not only your life experience, but a lot of your contemporaries, an encyclopedia of information. You have so many books, so many materials, yeah. online courses, these things that really give people such a huge development process for all things prophetic. And so you're kind of a grandfather, so to speak, of the prophetic realm, but you're with us, thank God, because you're still yeah. young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm young at heart. I know that part. <laughs> well, you're young and you're fashionable. I love it. 
Um, That's so, true too. Okay, yeah. You are. You're. I love that you. You know what I love about you, James, is that every what? year you do something huh. totally outside of the box for yourself, and I I, you just do something <laughs> new. Like you do something that some people are super surprised by. I'm never surprised. Like when you did your your jazz album. I mean, I thought that was so perfect. Oh yeah, so oh, cool. good. It's such good quality. Oh, I, I'm putting together another set list because it's like, I'm so like, God, that gave me so much life and oh. it gave so many people so much life. It's like, oh, it was the hardest thing I've done in 30 years, but I want to do it again. <laughs> like, I'm crazy <laughs> enough to do it again. I have faith. Yes, I want to do it again. <laughs> but yeah. what you're most known for, obviously, is just your your relationship with God and your prophecy uh, or your prophetic anointing, especially and words for the nations. I mean, you've given so many leadership level people of different industries and also the church, politics, prophetic words that have guided them and have been like prototype or blueprint words for their lives. But I kind of want to get, because a lot of times people see you, but they don't know the yeah. backstory and you have a beautiful backstory. Yeah, that's true. And so I kind of yeah. want to get into it a little bit because okay. we can go all the way back or we can go somewhere like around the time that you went through. I think it was like a multiple week, like a five week visitation of angels that really... Yeah was an institute yeah. of all things supernatural yeah. life, but I want you to start where you want to go. Yeah. Well, it was nine weeks. <laughs> oh, nine weeks. I said five. nine is a lot no, longer. Yeah. That's, I mean, I was, it was, it was nine oh weeks my gosh. and it was a precursor before the father's blessing. When Randy Clark went from St. Louis to Toronto and we had it started on the day of atonement actually. Oh, wow. And as many uh, things do, right? Yeah, and particularly seer-type prophets, it does. So let's just go ahead and jump into that since we're already there. Yeah. Sean, how old were you when we first met? I was 18. And so I was thinking, something like that nature. So I was teaching at the Grace Training Center at the time, which was a precursor to what would be the IHOP University today. And... uh Chris Berglund, who is Lou Engel's dreamer, yeah, was my amazing assistant. Man. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That man is a contemplative seer dreamer, and he was my assistant. And I remember he and I driving home. It was a night class from seven to ten, and I told Chris when I dropped him off, I said, "Chris, God's going to speak tonight." And so then I got home. Michael Ann was already in bed. And then I slip into bed around 11. And then at 11.59, a lightning bolt on the eve of the Day of Atonement strikes in our backyard. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was rather amazing. And the light of it came through the bedroom window and a man comes and stands at the end of our bed. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it's kind of like the Book of Daniel type experiences. Wow. Now, did Michael and see this uh, as well, or were you the only one who was that? Well, uh, we were both asleep. Okay. And then when the lightning bolt crashed, I wake up, but she's still asleep. Wow. I turn and I look. Then it was a digital clock by the bed, and it said 11.59. A man comes and stands from the lightning. By the way... It isn't Lucifer just that fell, you know, from heaven with lightning, you know, and all of that. Job thirty six thirty two says that God covers his hands with lightning. Mm. He sends it forth to strike the mark. So I want to redeem that part. Yeah, okay? totally. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And so 
the lightning bolt strikes, I wake up, Michael Ann is still asleep, the light comes through our bedroom window, and a man comes and stands. He's dressed in brown, which is the color of a servant. He's dressed wow. in brown, and he's, and I'm instantly sitting up. The room is pregnant, destiny of God. He looks at me. He burns a hole in me for one minute. The clock turns to midnight, and he says to me, watch. <laughs> it was so amazing. He said, watch your wife. I'm about to speak to her. Wow. Then the manifested visitation, the apparition, the appearance disappeared, but then a ball of supernatural light. Man, I've got a burning on my hands right now, mm. right while I talk about this. You know, and we both grew up I more than you, but around Bob Jones. And so I got sensitized a lot to feelings. Yeah. The realm of, I'm actually doing a new online class this fall. It's material, Sean, I've never taught before on the feeler realm. Oh, I can't wait. That's so, awesome. So I feel like I'm pioneering again, like I did on the seer. Yeah. I'm pioneering on the feeler realm. So anyway, I'm like having- No one talks about that. I'm this, so glad. I mean, Bob obviously did, but no one else. Yeah. That's going to yeah, be awesome. Bob did, and Mahesh Shabda and different ones, but there's never been adequate fleshing it out biblically and experientially and wow. through Jewish and church history. So that's part of what I do. So anyway, so the man comes, he stands, he looks at me. I look at him. The clock turns to midnight. He says, watch your wife. I'm about to speak to her. He disappears. The A ball of light, literal, not just visual, literal ball of light comes and sits over our bedroom dresser and our bedroom is now supernaturally illuminated with light for five straight hours. Wow. And then Michael Ann wakes up. We, are t we tremble in bed together for 24 minutes. I mean, I'm, you know, we got this thing. We had this thing like timed, timed. Okay? Wow. We tremble in bed in the fear of the Lord for 20 minutes. Tyler, who was only like, how old was Tyler then? Let's say he was five. He had come downstairs and he had gone to sleep laying on the floor next to my side of the bed. So Tyler is actually there. Oh, wow. And then, and hey, you got two kids. Yeah. I mean, you've had some come and invade your bedroom, right? No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's what happened. favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah, and I actually kind of miss it, okay? But so there's Tyler lying on the floor, and then the supernatural ball of light is sitting over the bedroom dresser. There was a letter that we had received that day from a, a seer, dreamer, prophet out of New York City had written us, you know, an old school letter, and this letter was describing part of Michael Ann's and my calling. And this light sits over that letter. Wow. Then Michael Ann wakes up. We sit up wide alert. And we shook, trembled in the fear of the Lord for 20 some minutes. I turned to her then and I whispered. And she knew when I whispered, there was something. 
<laughs> I am such a space cadet. Anyway, <laughs> I love it, you know? <laughs> and uh, a supernatural space cadet. And so <laughs> uh, I, I turned to her and I whispered. And we had so much experience already in the supernatural together that she knew when I whispered. It was something really intense, okay? Yeah. So I don't know why I whispered, but I whispered. And I go, Michael Ann, an angel has just come. But I did not tell her what the angel said. Wow. Then, and I did that on purpose. And then we're in the presence of God. The presence of the Lord starts moving upon us, tangibly manifested presence. And then it's hilarious. And then we pray and we go, God, if this is of you, give a dream to one of our kids Oh wow! as a confirmation. And then I fell asleep. She now is left with God, with the angels. An angel actually came, laid hands on her, mm. drove the fear of man and the fear of rejection out of her life. Oh, my gosh. She had supernatural deliverance from heaven by an angel, laid hands on her back, shoved, she used the word it shoved, fear of man and the fear of rejection out of her life. She actually got up while I'm still asleep, went into the bathroom, checked her pulse to see if she was still alive or not, because she oh felt like gosh. she was having a Moses experience and she was expecting all of her hair to be white. <laughs> wow. It's just hilarious to tell this stuff now. But anyway, I remember it like yesterday. And, and then she comes back to bed. I wake up. We, we compared notes. And then for the next, so it went for five hours. The supernatural light, the room lit up. But what the word was, watch your wife. I'm about to speak to her. So I was already on the circuit in that sense of an itinerant traveling ministry. Yeah. And I would be on the road. I remember I was at Steve Shogren's back then in Cincinnati at the Cincinnati Vineyard ministering. Yeah. And I was getting nothing from God. I wasn't getting dreams. I wasn't getting, you know, activity. And I had to call home to find out what God was saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It was, it was amazing. So there was a whole parable that was going on about our relationship, but it was much bigger than that. It was a message how the Lord is jealous for the body of Christ, mm. for the bride of Christ, and he wants to speak to the bride. And then I became dependent she had been somewhat dependent upon me to get guidance and leadership. Yeah. The whole thing shifted. And I remember like then, her, she was like nine yeah. day different over like she was. a few months. Cause yeah. I mean, I, I knew her at the time yeah. more than I knew you. Yeah. And I remember no, just yeah. going, what happened? She was like, bold, like go come in the prayer room, praying over people, prophesying yeah. like crazy. Like she just had like this yeah. lion personality uh, came out of her. It's so crazy. I loved she, it. She changed from the Betty Crocker homemaker. <laughs> totally. To, it's the truth. It is true. She was Betty Crocker homemaker. She sewed. She cooked. She was pretty. She was nice. I had it made because I was ma I was married to Mr. Mrs. Uh, Content. Yeah. 
And now I was married to the disruptor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And was it, oh, yeah, was it ever a test? It was a test in our relationship. It was a test in, like, women in ministry and leadership because the stream that we had previously come from had nothing to do with women in leadership and very little to do with women in ministry. So Michael Ann wore those garments really well. She was Betty Crocker. Yeah. And now I'm married to a lioness who could not contain the roar of God. Wow. I remember five weeks into it, uh, Sean, that the activities going on, she, you know, braided Grace Ann and Rachel's hair. She would be up from midnight to 5 a.m. every night and she was so rearranged, it's like making breakfast was not on her list. Wow. <laughs> wow. Not that she became irresponsible, but she was being she rearranged. Was shifted, yeah. Yeah, and it was a huge message for us. And so um, I remember five weeks along into this. It's late at night. We're standing in the kitchen. We know we're going to go to bed. I know a visitation, we know <laughs> another visitation's going to happen. And I look at her, and with all the unction I had, I pointed my gun, my prophetic finger at her, and I said to her, I don't know who you are or who you're becoming. And she f- turned, she f- took her finger, she pointed it, and she said, Good because I don't know who I am or who I'm becoming either. Wow. And that means we are still in agreement and we can walk together. Wow. Because unless two can agree, how can they walk? And as a head of my house, because I still was, I could have shut everything down at that moment. Yeah. Right then, I could, as a doorkeeper, I could have said, I don't get this. I don't know who you are. I'm not sure who you're becoming. I'm afraid of this stuff. I don't know. This is it. But we didn't go there. It was a test. And you know, people hit tests like that, don't they, Sean? Oh, yeah. And we've watched them together. We've watched people not pass sometimes. Yeah. And then they reach a certain level, and they plateau, and they wonder why. And part of its reaction of what? Fear of man Mm. and fear of rejection. But she passed that test, and now I, Sean, was being tested on a control spirit. Oh, wow. Seriously, as a man, as a leader, and as someone who had grown up in a certain track of the ex-discipleship movement, etc., I'm now have residue in my life of a control spirit. That's so real though. I mean, like you're in the middle of a visitation and all of a sudden you're having to identify and become self-aware of this operation. That's so real. Yeah. And that is, you know, I've watched your pilgrimage, you know, your explosion and the favor of God and things that's happened on your life. I mean, I remember like, you know, five years or so ago on the Day of Atonement, I had two dreams about you on the Day of Atonement. And I saw that you, the Lord spoke to me in those dreams. And he said that you were chosen to be a father 
of the prophetic in your generation. Two dreams the same night. I wake up out of those dreams. I know I just leapfrogged. But, and then the audible voice. One of the things that has happened with me is the external audible, not just the internal wow. in my heart, but it's because of its visitations. There's different levels, different realms. Yeah. And so I will have a particularly, I wake up out of a dream and then my room is pregnant or saturated with like a different tangible presence. Yeah. And sometimes it's destiny. Sometimes it's the fear of the Lord. Sometimes it's faith. Sometimes wow. it's boldness. And I can sense almost like a personality of the uh, manifested presence. What is the flavor? What is it? Mm. And so when I had those two dreams about you, I wake up out of that, and then the room was filled with promise. Wow. It was very distinct. The room was filled with promise, and I heard audibly, not internally, I heard out in the room, and it said this. And this goes to your and my common history. And I heard these words. The seeds that the seers and the prophets sowed a generation ago has now come into maturation and fruition. Therefore, I will release once again a detailed gift of a word of knowledge that will create an atmosphere, a culture of awe and wonder and the fear of the Lord. Hmm. See, you know, Sean, there are some things when you have those encounters, they're ingrained in you. Yeah. I don't even try to recall that. It's burned in my memory bank. Absolutely, and I don't take it lightly. It's burned in mine as well when you told me that. And I think it's interesting, since that five-year progression, how many yeah. people are getting launched into, I mean, there's yes. these 30-year-olds that are like have integrity right. and they have love-based, yes. like Julian Adams or love Gary based, Morgan yes. or... You yeah, know, Gary, there's so yeah. many Amy Amy Ward out of YWAM that have this mm. next level prophetic anointing where they're they're yes. creating government through their words, and I'm watching it. They are, and I love it's, that something happened. You know, there's a. I, I agree with you, and I think I love that you're here, and I think maybe it's some of the reason why you're hearing the audible word so much is because you've almost died like four times. You've been so close. You've yeah. you've seen heaven. You're like you're, yeah, I have. You're you're, you're kind of in between, even though you're completely alive with us. Thank yeah. God but you've seen yeah. heaven. And so it's like, I, I've been paying attention when you say I've heard the audible yeah. word. I'm, I'm really, and I hope everybody else is too. I'm, I'm paying yeah. attention because you're with us. You, you, you and, almost and weren't. No. And you know, back on the visitation there that went for nine weeks in like 1991, I think it was. And, and it was a form of a pregnancy. Pregnancy is mm. nine months. This yeah. was nine weeks. Nine weeks then, quote, quote, well, I'm adding mixing stories in a sense, but it was a birth that happened in that period of time. And something that you actually pointed this out to me one time. You know, sometimes we prophesy intentionally or we speak intentionally and we muse on it, we chew on it, we pray on it, 
And there are other times it's so spontaneous that we don't always exactly know what we just said. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all tend to do it, but you did that with me one time. I, I don't know that you know what you did, and mm -hmm. you, you might, and you said to me, you identify movements. And that's what you told me, that part of my calling was. Wow. It was more conversational. And you said, James, you identify messengers and movements. And you know, that helped me a lot because I've pondered back on my life in the prophetic. That's not the only thing, but it is one of the key things that happens. The Lord lets me see a Steve Hill yeah. before Steve Hill was Steve yeah. Hill. And I prophesy over him in Texas that he's going to move to Florida and that he would be a rocket with a fire that would be under, under him. I saw the rocket. I'm in the seer realm. I give him detailed scriptures. I tell him that there's a new base that's going to be built. It's going to happen in the state of Florida. Da, 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 da. And it was just a matter of a few weeks later. That was like March. Then he goes to where? Pensacola. And then he's there for a one-time meeting. No, he wasn't there for a one-time yeah. meeting. He thought so on Father's <laughs> exactly. Day. And then... A fire got lit under him that went around the world. Later, Steve Hill, we're ministering together in Guatemala City at a World Congress on Evangelism with Cindy Jacobs and Rodney Howard Brown, and Steve Hill and Claudio Friesen and apostles and prophets from Brazil and Argentina. And Steve Hill ended up in front of everybody on a world audience and said, that man right there is the one who prophesied the beginning of the Brownsville outpouring. And you helped me cue into this, Sean, hmm. that that is a part of the, we each, I think in the prophetic, we're all general practitioners. Yeah. And yet there are specialists. And in like in the medical field, and you're an optometrist, or you're a yeah. gynecologist, or you're an oncologist, or whatever. And then there's, there's tracks that we all run on. And then there's like specialties. Totally. And you helped me understand part of, part of what I'm functioning. I identify messengers in a forerunner way, like a Randy Clark, like a Steve Hill, like a Sean Bowles. And I help announce that this is that, like a Jeremy Nelson for the yeah. West Coast Rumble or things of that nature. And uh, anyway. No, I, I so, love that because you're unpacking something. I think that a yeah. lot of people, one of the things we're talking about a, a lot on this show is that mm -hmm. each each one of us has our own grace place, what, what the people we're called yes. to love and, and minister to the most, the people we're most interested in. And they're kind of our tribe. And you're describing something that yes. if I if I could say over the last 20 whatever years of ministry I've been in, yeah. 27 years or whatever, yeah. I will go to places that usually you've been to. Almost almost 80% of the places I've been to, you've been to already. And they will tell me a, a, a blueprint word or, an, or that, yeah. an identification word where they understood how to build or they understood the people yeah. they're supposed to build with or you came before something broke out. And I love that because there yeah. is recognition. I mean, obviously, like, 
if you had all the honor that was due all at once, you would be overwhelmed by the amount of people who tell your stories. And yet probably in the day to day, they're, you know, somewhat for hidden or forgotten or whatever, but in the, in the big picture they're they've what yeah. the whole movements have built off of them, but it's good for the listeners. Cause a lot of people who are listening are learning who their tribe is and they're learning who, what, oh, what yeah. lane they're supposed to be in. And I love the word general practitioners Absolutely. cause we are there, but then there's something yeah. like I've gone after, you know, extreme red light districts and red zones. Yes. And then also yeah. the entertainment industry. Those are the two places that yes. no matter what I default to, I can't help it. I'll yes. find myself in a room of producers or in a room with ha- yep. anti-human trafficking, you know, politicians or whatever. Yes. I just, I can't help it. And, and of course, in the midst of that, I find myself in the midst of church leaders as well. But I would say the story right. I hear about you all the time is you were there when you helped. I love the word you use, identify. James identified this with us or he gave us a word that helped us to see our future that helped us to believe for our movement and, and not just the local yeah. church context. So I love that. I, I love that you have that awareness yeah. and that I can't believe I was a part of it. Cause I don't remember it. <laughs> I do remember well, that's what I'm that saying. Theme, that, see, but yeah. Yeah. But there are times that it's very intentional, but because you are graced different ways of saying it in different camps and tribes, because you're anointed, because you're gifted, because you're called, because it's on you. David Dryling, which was a friend of yours, and yeah. he was one of my best friends, he and I used to say, the Gatorade is in you. You know, <laughs> from funny. those commercials and <laughs> totally. then the athlete, and they yeah. bleed green or they bleed orange. Yeah. And we would like have these far out conversations, and then we would go over and have these political, you know, geopolitical talks. And I loved it because he was a genius and allowed my scholarly side to come out. And then we would look at each other. We'd just go, the Gatorade's in you. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. That's amazing. There's a whole generation. You just mentioned, you know, like the Gary Morgan. But Gary's got character to carry the gift. And so is his wife. I mean, his wife is incredible. Oh, yeah. Sarah, that's right. And that is something that I don't know that was... I want to be careful because I always want to give honor. Yeah. But I don't know in some of the previous generations, there was so much inbred competition. And I will flat out say in your book, Breakthrough, on Breakthrough, one of the things that I have had to get a breakthrough in was insecurity. Mm, Me too, I understand that. Because I would compare myself. Yeah. I'd compare myself because I grew up or was a part of that era of the Kansas City Prophets. So here I'm dealing with Paul Kane with open visions and angels and detailed zip codes and birthdays and, and names and everything. And then I'm dealing with Bob Jones who either went to heaven or heaven came to him virtually every day. (laughs) And then I'm dealing with, then I'm walking with the movie star prophet of all times, John Paul Jackson. Jackson, Yes. Tells you your dream from last night. (laughs) Interprets it for you. (laughs) And his eyes were sunk deep in his head. Oh yeah. He was scary. And he either looked like, he looked like a monster, a Holy Ghost monster. (laughs) And yet Moses, I like, yeah, yeah, but he was the movie star prophet. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then the, you know, and then there was me. And as I was like, and the problem was, I compared myself 
to Paul Kane. I compared myself to Bob Jones. I compared myself to John Paul. I compared myself to Cindy Jacobs. I compared myself to different ones. And I then in that insecurity place, I remember complaining to God. Mm. And I said to, I remember this like yesterday. And I said to the Lord, complaining, God, all I get is little crummy words. Wow. And that's why I told him. Now, in a measure, there was maybe some truth to that. But that was based out of comparison, which is unhealthy. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and it helped me so much. And he said this. I complained, and I said, all I get is little crummy words. And immediately the voice of the Lord came back to me for myself and said, Son, your crumbs are someone else's next meal. Wow. That changes things. Yeah. Because it helps you quit comparing yourself to others, accept yourself, accept the package, and realize whatever level it is is not actually what matters. What matters is it motivated in love? Does it come from a pure heart? And are you releasing impact to the level that God's giving you grace, gift, and authority to do? And so I'm now happy to release little crummy words. <laughs> oh well, and I love what's interesting about it because I know you've gone through so much. You've you've very vocally shared like your process with with many of us behind the scenes, and then publicly, yeah. there's times you just share like I had insecurity, and you share about deliverance and all kinds of things. Oh, you've yeah. always been vulnerable. Yeah. But what is interesting is that God kept you on earth out of those four, and yeah. the message True. you have now that's yeah. seasoned so differently, and yeah. even in that season of 1991. When you and uh, Michael and I were yeah. going through the visitation, that was a very turbulent right. time in that movement where there was oh, all yeah. kinds of accusation and reports and the prophetic was oh, yeah. somewhat dying there. There was all kinds oh, of problems. Yeah. And you guys yeah. brought it into the next iteration. Yeah. And instead of it dying, yeah. it actually turned into something. And it started to evolve. And I think it's really interesting because now yeah. looking back all these years later, oh. you're in this season where you're, you're here. God kept you here. And yeah. you're giving words that are like, monuments to people's faith that used to in your mind would have been crumbs and now they're like people are building yeah. whole movements off of them <laughs> i think it's that's, that's amazing true. yeah you know one of the things in the midst for people who don't know okay i literally have gone through some of you I might know steve witt okay who went through non-hodgkin's lymphoma cancer like very severe i went through that three times over a nine-year period and the third time i literally could have died and my wife did pass away from extreme, intense, hard-hitting colon cancer. Yeah. Had two tumors removed from her brain and, and three or other organs removed and et cetera. And every day she would wake up, she would feel her body and she was believing for body parts. Yeah. And, uh, and she never, ever, ever lost faith 
or gave up in the midst, never did. Wow. And, and so I had the astounding honor of walking with a pioneer, her and I helping pioneer for today something that's much more widely accepted, which is a man and a woman, a married couple walking in partnership and then, you know, the Women on the Front Lines whole movement got birthed from out of, actually, yeah. those nine weeks of visitations. Yeah. And, and now, you know, four miracle kids. I mean, you know some of my kids. Yeah, And now amazing. seven grandkids. Yeah, seven and, grandkids, two more on the way. Well, and, and, and also, you guys were barren, believing for miracles, had yeah. your children. Now you have all these grandchildren, right. and that was all as well out of that. But keep going. That's right, but that's another principle in the prophetic, or just, let's say, in the supernatural. And it was Christmas just this last year, and I had all my kids, their mm. spouses, and seven grandkids at my house, oh. Michael and in heaven looking on. Oh. I have them all here around the fireplace. And it dawned on me, and I went, oh, my gosh, because you see what Sean just said, it took a medically confirmed medical, physical miracle for us to have children because it was impossible for us to have children. And, but the Lord. And so here I am and I have a, a dawning, a revelation, an epiphany. And I go, oh my goodness. Within the core of every miracle, there is the essence of multiplication that is the DNA of every miracle. Wow. Every miracle is about that person. Yeah. But when that miracle happens, it puts in motion a multiplication of miracles. That is so good. Wow, so your I'm whole family. Grandkids. Wow, yeah. yes. And I'm looking at my grandkids and they're so cute and I'm too. going- Cute grandkids, oh my gosh. You're miracles. Yeah. You're a miracle. You're a miracle too. And I believe that is part of what the Lord wants to do, like say, let's say in the prophetic movement. He wants us to see it in lineage and legacy. Wow. He wants to see us view it in continuity, which I did not used to do because I grew up in a period of time that the theology was different and it was the terminal generation. Yeah. And we couldn't wait to get yeah. out of here. Uh, that was a difficult thing. I think I'm still getting some detoxing from the terminal generation. <laughs> I understand. Now my job is not to get out of here. Our job is what? To get more of God in here. Wow. And that's, you know, People like yourself. In this new book that I just wrote, The Prophet, Creating yeah. and Sustaining a Prophetic Culture, I do teach about the seven spirits of God into the seven spheres. Mm, okay. And when it, the Bible yeah, talks about the seven spirits of God in the book of Revelation, it says they're sent out into all the earth. Well, just reason it. Yeah. How are they gonna be, how's the seven spirits going to be sent out into all the earth? through people who are listening right now. 
Wow. Through we become, you become the carriers into all seven realms. And again, there's such a shift and a change from the generations because it used to be only the church mountain and maybe the family mountain. But I've helped raise all four of my kids are in the arts, entertainment, and media mountain. I frankly don't want them isolated only in the church religion mountain. I don't. Yeah, I absolutely. want to see influencers. So my oldest son's a TV film editor. Do you know that, you know, Justin is the senior editor of Surviving R. Kelly? Oh, I didn't know that's that. Nominated, that's nominated for an Emmy. Of course it is. Of course it and is. So He's so gifted and talented. Than, that doesn't surprise me. More than likely, it's going to win an Emmy. And so my oldest son will be a part of an Emmy. But it's surviving R. Kelly, which is shaking the rafters. That's a whole nother. But it's using the prophetic, not just... A, uh, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right now. No, but your not book is... Just, I will say this because I, I want you to yeah. keep that thought. Your book really yep. is, it's not like a regurgitation. It really was fresh because I got to read it. And it really yeah. was fresh and it really was laying a new culture. And so I do want to say that because I mean, I know this isn't about yeah. your book, this this episode, but yeah. I do want to pitch it because it's like, it's phenomenal reading. And I, I've read, a, I think I've read almost everything you've put out. The Seer, <laughs> yeah. obviously, oh, yeah. is your yeah. bestseller. It's one right. of my favorite books. Yes. But right. The Prophet was, I've read some things in there and I like what you're saying because uh, I mean, of course, I like what you're saying, but I like how you're framing it right now, because yeah, I do think uh, that people have to understand that yeah. general motivation of God for God to love the world, not the church, That's the world. Right. And there was something right. in the prophet that not just resonated me or wasn't just like, oh, this is good. Or he's preaching the choir. Mm-hmm. I actually learned. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. went on a journey and I was yeah. like, this is so deep. And there's theology in it, but there's also that that yeah. side of you that just brings things alive through pictures. And it just created yeah. it created a lot of faith in me. Just so you know, I just wanted to say that just because mm-hmm. I got to read a pre copy, yeah. and it wasn't like I mean yeah. I've read a lot of books on the prophetic. This one yeah. was like yeah. this is historic. There's something about this book yeah. that it needs yeah. to be a foundational tool in, in, in schools and you know Bible yeah. colleges because it it really was new. It was it was new information. You know, I did take the best of the past, but I wedded it with, I hope the best of what has been getting revealed in this period of time. And then I try to reach into the future and I dealt with something in the closing chapter that I'm just now, I've been chewing on it for 10 years and I'm just now getting ready to really be prepared to teach on it called a glorious eschatology. Yeah, I remember. And that's a huge shift. That's a shift because I grew up in the terminal generation. Let's get out of here. The world goes to hell. Let's leave. I don't believe that anymore. I don't yeah. believe that at all. Well, you, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You, you've transformed no, your life. You've been, <laughs> I, do, I do think it's a thing of like what we've been talking about the whole thing. You've seen your legacy yeah. and you want them to, you, you want the glory of God to visit their legacy and their, your grandchildren yeah. and see who they'll become. And you want, I mean, I think the government of Jesus on his shoulders in Isaiah 9, it's only yeah. increasing. It's never decreased once. It's only increased. Right. 
And I, I remember reading the book and at the end of it, I was like thinking, oh, I, I'm glad he left it here because I can't wait yeah. to read that book that he's going to write based on this yeah. chapter. Because when you, I think you quoted Isaiah 60, if I'm right. Uh-huh. And I was like, right. a rise and shine for your light has come. I was like, oh, I can't wait to read James Gall's version of this. I need to read it. So write it, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I've been chewing for 10 years, you know, on... I feel like the Lord's given me... You know, Peter Wagner was known as uh, a wordsmith. Yeah. He, he branded things. He's the one that termed the third wave movement. He's oh, the one that gave that term. And... Uh, I feel like a little bit of that is on me in this period of time as an interpreter, mm. an interpreter of speech. And again, this goes back in our lineage and legacy. I remember being in Germany, and, and I would spend time, not just public ministry, I would spend a lot of time alone with God on my journeys. And I remember one time the Holy Spirit in Germany gave me this outrageous dream I didn't believe it at the time. And then I wake up out of it, and John Paul Jackson is there. Twice as big as he was, and he looks at me, (laughs) points his prophetic finger, and he says to me, you will receive a master's degree as a communications specialist and an interpreter of speech. Wow. I'm going like, wow. And I remember I went back to Mike Bickle and Michael Sullivan in Kansas City. And I submitted this to them. I said, guys, I don't know. I think maybe I'm supposed to go back to college. I'm supposed to get my master's degree in communications or something. And none of us knew what to do with that dream except have an open hand. And that wasn't what God was asking me. I didn't understand some of even the language at the time that he wanted me to receive, obviously. It's very obvious now. The master, the master himself. Wow. To enter into a new place, another class in the school of the spirit of the master's degree. Wow. And so now one of the things I've done. Now all of us who are listening are saying, I want that. (laughs) Yeah, I want it. Is I'm also a communications trainer today. Oh, wow. And I can go into businesses. I can put on a different hat. I can go one-on-one, and I don't have to use my like prophetic platform title because I'm a communications trainer. Mm. And I can put that on, and I can assess the strengths and weaknesses of a team. I can help them like build a cluster on how like this one is a shaper, this one is a contemplator where's the doer where's the influencer pull it together and help but it's interesting but i think some where then you know this podcast is all over the map and that's okay <laughs> the, hey you know what fireside chat with james right. gall is a good thing <laughs> yeah it's gonna <laughs> we be didn't have to that. it's not a message it's not a sermon it's that's a chat true. and we're happy it is a chat <laughs> and, and but you know i think one of the keys I have, I'm a constant learner. Yeah, I I, I would, I I have witnessed that over you in your life. You're constantly learning. I want to learn. So I, 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 I went into the music. Why? 
because I live in Nashville. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know film. You, you, you know media, Sean. But you've also not just have favor in it. You've also studied into it, you know. Yeah. You've looked into it. You were a gamer, you know. So I spent two years with one of the top vocal trainers in Nashville, tore me apart, disassembled me, wow. and I go, this is a bunch of, starts with a C and ends with a P. <laughs> and it's like, this is like too hard. I can't do this. I'm, I don't know who I am again. And she tore me apart for a year and told me, said, you don't know how to sing. I said, yeah, you're right. I thought I did. I don't. And she said, you know how to sing when you're in your teens and your 20s, but you're 65. And she says, I got to help you find your 65-year-old voice. Wow. Now, this is another parable. And so I ended up with like what the, what the top producers win 17 Grammys, 30 dubs, four tellies. He ended That's up being amazing. my producer. And one of the top vocal trainers. And they reassembled me. And then I go, why am I doing this? And then I realized another principle. I'm on another learning curve. Yeah. And if I am going to have greater authority, it impact and authority in the city that I live in, which is Music City, USA, I now understand to a certain degree how hard that industry is how hard oh, it's so work. good that is so good and so i invested myself into it i got disassembled and reassembled now i'm a member of ascap i actually write some music i uh, you know and it's just like okay now i can talk with this person now i can wow you know what this reminds me of because you taught what? us this back in bible school a long time yeah. ago is yep. the Moravians and you talk to us about, oh, and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to murder this probably a little bit so you can correct yeah. me, but no, how okay. they would like even, you know, they do such extreme missions that they would even sell themselves into slavery so they could be part of That's the culture. Right. Yeah. And I For felt sure. like when we moved out to um, LA, yeah. I felt like God was showing yes. me like, go with the Moravian spirit and go as one who's going to be awesome. part of the culture or you'll never be relevant to it if you stay outside of it. So you need to understand it. You need to go to events. Uh, you need to go, you know, all kinds of stuff that I, right. I mean, I was in Kansas city where we didn't even watch movies hardly, you know, it's like, oh, I know it was like a guilty pleasure. It was dualistic and, a little bit, you know, uh, and I come to LA so, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is crazy. So I know. I, it reminds me of what you taught us that you've actually engaged yeah. in, in a pretty significant way. You know, and part of that was me in parenting because mm. I grew in an understanding that there's three phases in parenting. One, when they're young, you define their world. Their yeah. world is your world. The in-between space, which is very undefinable age-wise and maturity and everything, but is the parent's job is to help them discover what's their passion, what's their mm. desire. Then it shifts, and I don't think most parents ever make the third stage. And I think the prophetic does, hasn't often made this third stage in mentoring and being in a father and a mother. And then as their world becomes your world, and if their world becomes your world, you don't just have a function, you actually have a relationship. Wow, that's so good. So, so I went on the journey with Rachel in modeling. 
And yeah. so some people would have rebuked me, okay? Particularly coming from our, our similar background. Yeah. And, and because what did I do? Because Rachel was called to modeling. So what did I do? I started watching America's Next, you know, Diva, uh, I mean, our, our Project Runway. I started watching those television shows because I'm going like, no, wait a second. If my girl is going to like, it's like that I got, I'm going to learn this stuff. So I invested myself. I'm the one that took Rachel shopping when she entered into national competition and she won Best Actress and Runner-Up Top Model. I'm the one that took her shopping because her mother was so sick she couldn't. I'm the one that picked out her clothes for creative runway wow. and fashion runway. Wow. And that's why I dress different today, Sean. Yeah. It makes I sense. I gave myself into something and I started to learn it. And then I liked it. Well, thank God, because the way we all dressed in Kansas City, <laughs> we, we were so conservative. <laughs> we were quick Mormons. <laughs> oh my God, it was awful. It was, oh my God. You're so passionate. So anyway, I love but, it. <laughs> but yet we, but we bless, we bless the womb that we oh, came absolutely. from. Oh, absolutely. Right? When I say there's no, yeah, I uh, know, there's no negative spin. It's just so everybody hears we all came yeah. from somewhere. I love where I came yeah, from. Yeah, I know. I just have to, I just have to throw that in yeah. there, just in case someone's out there. It's like, oh my gosh, I am so grateful for <laughs> I am too. where I've been. I will I want, I want, I want the world to know. Yeah, we are. I Mike like Pickle this version. The whole church was what? amazing. I said Mike oh, Pickle, the whole was church awesome. was amazing, but yeah, there's a, there's a, we're in a new place now. Just. But I, so I, I want the world to. I, oh yeah, I want the world to know this. I love this version of me a whole lot uh, better. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's been fun to be on a new journey. Well, tell me this because we're, we're okay. Yeah, I, right. I love talking to you, and I feel like if we could do yeah, like twenty sure. episodes. But uh, yeah, tell me about the prophets. Your latest book to come out. But tell me some of the other ways mm -hmm. people can get a hold of you besides your CD. Um, they can buy on iTunes or anywhere music yeah. sold. <laughs> yeah. What else? Sure. What other ways? Well, I send out uh, articles, blogs free videos and uh, and uh, audio and video messages like two or three times every month. And so it's all free. That's not like on a tier partnership type level. Just go to jamesgall.com. You can sign up to get the newsletters and things. I also have a podcast like what, what you do right now called God Encounters Today that's a part of the Charisma Podcast Network. And you can go there and sign up to receive it. You can go to iTunes, to Spotify, it's, it's there on my uh, website under uh, uh, Jim, G-E-M, media, and you can get that. And I do free webinars. I'll be doing one soon on uh, moving in the anointing. I teach three online classes every year. And so I'm working on the materials right now for exploring the feeler realm. And then I host a class uh, where I host eight different leaders uh, every year after the first of the year on like discerning times and seasons. Wow. And so we all do a lot. And uh, this year though, I am birthing something also new. And I am birthing a business. Wow. At 67 years old, I'm yes. birthing a business. Yeah. Called I Gall. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited about this next, next page. So I'm birthing Gall Ideation. Because wow. I want to think, I want to take the years and I want to think, I want to get a portion of God's creative ideas. 
We are living in a time that we need hope solutions. I want to help create a culture and an atmosphere where hope ambassadors, hope solutionists, will arise to solve the world's most difficult problems. And so that's a part of what I'm wanting then to wear another hat, take my communications and things like that. And my <laughs> it's called the Daniel hat. It. I love it. <laughs> it is. And that will be a oh part of gosh. what I'm going to do is the Daniel School of Leadership, which won't just be for religious leaders, oh, cool. but for government and this and that. And, and so anyway, so yeah, like you, I get bored really easy. And I just got to keep moving on. <laughs> you, you're doing a great job. You're such a producer of so many amazing materials. Yeah. So I'm going to encourage everybody to go to GodEncounters.com. Yep. Thank, yep. Thank you, James, so much for just being on the show today and just sharing yeah. so real and vulnerably. Yeah. We so appreciate you. Thank you. I love you, Sean. And, love you too. And you are an authentic father of this generation. I am so proud of you oh, and the work you. that the Lord's doing through Bowles Ministries. And we agree together for the joining of the generations yes, God. that we are better together. Absolutely. In Jesus name. Exploring the prophetic family. This is Sean Bowles. And I don't know if you know this, but Bowles Ministries, our ministry, puts together these podcasts for you every week. If you're listening in your car or your gym or at home while you're making your kids lunch for school, wherever you're listening to this, we have done our best to put together a quality podcast to explore the subject of hearing God's voice with you. And we want to continue to do this, and we need your partnership. I want to encourage you, if you're loving the show, if you're connected to the show, there's three ways you can partner. Number one is we would love your prayer support. Pray for us. This is not an easy thing to do week after week after week. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of coordination. And it also takes a lot of spiritual presence, just being present with what God's doing. Number two, financially support us. We would love your financial support and partnership. We have an incredible partnership program where you can engage with a community of people who are partnering with Bulls Ministries to send the message of hearing God's voice around the world. We do events. We do, of course, this podcast. We do all kinds of things that are free things where we give videos online. We do uh, webinars. We do all kinds of things to encourage people to hear God's voice and to activate their gifts, to activate them in the faith it takes to go on this incredible journey. So financially support us by going to bowlsministries.com. And the third way you can help us is to subscribe and also leave a review under the podcast and share it with your friends, share it on your social media platform. Tell your friends about it at work, tell your friends about it at church. And the more you help us, the word of mouth is the most powerful source of engaging the community of people who are hungry for this kind of a subject. So be part of our, our ministry team, our prayer ministry team, our partnership team, but also be a voice for what you're listening to. If you love it, tell the stories of the people who are telling the stories to you.